This episode of Talking Home Renovations is sponsored by BQE, the makers of BQE Core. BQE Core is a software that makes it easy to manage your project and people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Listening to Talking Home Renovations with a House Maven. Is it time to renovate your house, but you're worried that you don't really know what you're doing? This is an educational and entertaining podcast that will ease your fears. Or maybe you just love hearing about home renovations like I do. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Eastern Massachusetts. On the show, I interview other architects, vendors, contractors, and homeowners to gather tips and stories about home renovations. You can learn about materials, systems, sustainable practices, what to expect, what to avoid, and how to make the most of the money that you'll spend on your renovation. My guest this week is Lee Noel Chase, an architectural designer based in Lexington, Massachusetts. We talk about the design process, what designers think about, and how we might approach design relationships with clients and contractors. Her tagline is design for real people. And I wanted to dig into that. Here's my conversation with Lee Noel. Welcome to the show, Lee Noel. I'm looking forward to talking to you because we both do the same thing. And I think we both feel similarly about working with people in their houses. I think you're a lot more eloquent about it and a lot maybe more philosophical about it than I am. So, um, (laughs) So, so welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to talk with you. I've been um, catching up on your episodes and I just want to say congratulations on your hundredth. I think that's Mm -hmm. just astounding. I I love what you do for homeowners. Um, I love that. I love that you do a podcast that both designers and homeowners can listen to. um, But I really love what you do for homeowners because there's so much out there that um, is confusing and uh, can, can waylay people. And I feel like you're just like this little guiding light. You're like, I got the lantern. Here I go. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the way <laughs> step yeah. by step. It's really oh, well, sweet. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's nice of you. Right. So uh, what kind of, what kind of work do you do? Would you say? So, so I do residential. I do a lot of remodeling and additions, but I think the thing that I really do the most is listen to people talk about the places that mean the most to them. Mm. Uh, you know, we're, we're not particularly a society that uh, goes to church or synagogue that much anymore. We're, we're secular for the most part, but our need to find meaning in things hasn't gone anywhere. And so I think as a, partly as a result, the, um, we invest and invest and, and invest both financially and emotionally in the places where we live. Um, and they're just elemental, you know, it, it really, it really doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, pallet on the floor in a place you are temporarily or a mansion that you're building, you know, it has the same heartfelt meaning. Um, uh, I think, I think to all of us, it's, it's significant. Um, and, and, we're lucky in this country that um, single family homes still comprise a large percentage of our housing stock um, and and that those spaces that we live in, whether they're single family or, or other, um, we get to invest in them. You know, we get to say, hey, this isn't right and I want to change it. I need that extra extra mm-hmm. space in the kitchen so I can have my family there or I need that studio so I can work at home or, you know, all of those things. Um, I think I think I feel very privileged because people let me into this really intimate space. 
Yeah, I feel the same way too. I feel I do feel kind of honored that they're allowing me in to see their private everything. You do learn a lot about people when you're designing for them in particular. You know, everything from their bathing habits and sleeping habits and marital preferences <laughs> and things. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. it gets kind of intimate sometimes. It does. I remember I worked for a design build. For, I worked for several design build firms um, and I worked for one where I remember my old boss asked someone at one point. Um, they We were talking about a master bedroom closet and he said, right, but where do you put the clothes that you've worn once that aren't going in the laundry yet? And I just remember thinking, oh, that's a really good question. The floor, isn't it? Isn't the floor yeah. the answer? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> luckily, him. he was designing a place for them to go that was not the floor. You know? nice. it's like, good let's idea. Put some, let's put some hooks over here and let's put it behind the door so you don't see it. And, you know, mm-hmm. but that kind of um, little tweak and percept that comes from perceptiveness. I feel like I've been um, lucky enough to take some time in my life and really hone hone that as a skill. Yeah. 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 So your your tagline is um or a tagline you have had is designed for real people, which is something I wanted to talk about. So what are real people and how are <laughs> I, I think when we're in school, we're not really thinking so much about real people, you know, but yeah. then we go and we work with them. So what does that mean? Designed for real people. Um, well, I think we're, we're all real people. You're right. It's more of, a uh, the, the perspective of the person designing for you. Um, and so, so I hope, I hope that, you know, what we record today goes out and reaches both designers and homeowners, um, equally because, uh, because I feel like as, as architects, you, you know, you get into school and there's this wonderful analytical process and it's really beautiful and um, elegant and, and complex and interesting and, and has a vibrancy all its own and has, you know, all kinds of wonderful um, result that can come from it. And then you're right, you get out and you start working with a residential client and all of a sudden it's someone's emotions and their emotional reality about their space and how they feel in space. You know what? We all experience space so differently. Um, We all have different learning styles. You're trying to communicate with someone about the experience of space is its own sort of thing you can know stuff about and, and, and project. And, and we, I think as designers, we're not well prepared for that emotional reality. So design for real people is um, just a a call to action for designers to say, hey, you know, meet folks where they are. Really, really tune into their reality and and learn about it. Get curious about it. Make it fun. Um, But but definitely, definitely listen. Make Hmm. listening the root um, as opposed to the analysis. Yeah. Listening to the the people who are going to live in the house. And we were talking about just now about the house being kind of part of the family and the emotional ties that people have to the house and change is stressful even when it's good. So yeah. the the whole yeah. process of um yeah of changing changing your house is can be can be can be a challenge. Yeah, well I mean I think it's always it's always full of meaning, you know, for better and for worse. It's full of meaning. And um, I know you're speaking from experience right now. You know, it's like you're you're figuring this out as we speak. Um, it's it's very it's it's stressful to change your living space 
because what you're really shifting is your daily habits and patterns and the emotions and meaning that goes along with it. Um, so it's like, it's like asking someone to like change religions. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, and I think if we don't treat it like it's meaningful, if we try to say, oh yeah, I just want a kitchen. I think we run the risk of, um, not being, uh, not letting design be as good as it can be, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so I think if we can, if we can embrace that emotional reality, then we can really get on to the the work of really being excellent designers, um, and providing excellent work for, for our clients and customers. Homeowners do this a lot. They'll come and they'll say, um, oh, I know what I want. I just want you to draw it. Right. Exactly. Have you ever yes. heard that? Yeah. Mm, I've heard it a few times. <laughs> I, I laugh because the people who said this to me first um, uh, were my own parents. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's so interesting. I wonder why. Why did I go to school then? You know, I mean, it was just like sort of outrageous. Right. You know, like they knew all of the investment there was. And still they were like, no, we're good. Yeah. We've <laughs> and, thought about this a long time. That's right? what usually what they say. Yep. Yeah. Right. And and they have thought about it a long time. And I think the thing the the thing to that designers can do in that moment is really, again, really listen, because because what you want to do is to, is then take all of that experience and all of that percolating and and distill it. Right. Mm-hmm. We just want to be that filter, that really fine filter and say, ah, I hear you saying that. This quality of light really matters to you. I hear you saying that um, you're tripping over things in this house all the time. And you take I, I take copious notes. Um, uh, I, you know, went to college during the era of handwritten notes and you know, real <laughs> yep. longhand and a lot of it. <laughs> and, yeah. and so if you do that, then you can kind of skim over and say, OK, here here are the themes I hear you talking about. And. That's where their awareness of their spaces is springing from. And then you enrich that. You add to that with your awareness of what a good schematic design should address or what a good program should address or what a good site design can can address. You would be surprised at the number of people who say they've thought of everything whom I go to and say, oh, excellent. Um, have you thought about where the sun rises, <laughs> you know, and, and they haven't necessarily, and that's, that's fine. They're again, they're in the soup, they're in their own reality and that's great. Um, but you want to, you want to encourage that conversation and then let it filter through your like, like baleen, <laughs> you know, you want to, you want to really mine yeah. that, um, for the kernels. And there's another piece of that. And I don't know what you've found, but often if you do that really well and you do it in a couple of different sessions, you'll come to some really poignant human truth. And that's what I mean by design for real people. Um, often it's, I want my family all together. I want to welcome my children and my partner when they come home. I want to... Uh, I want to rest. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, you, you get yeah. down to these unbelievably poetic and beautiful truths. So, yeah, I'm kind of laughing because I'm designing our, <laughs> our new house and Yay. I'm thinking like, what are the different, I'm not, I'm not designing it. I'm just thinking, how are we going to live in this house? And every room I have decided, except for the kitchen, 
there's a place to lie down and take a nap. And then I realized, I guess that's all I'm interested in. Is taking a nap in different, in different um, you know, in a more formal environment, in a less formal environment, and with a puzzle table and a nap. <laughs> so, I love it. Oh yeah, my that's gosh, like, that's my truth right now. I guess I just want to nap on, um, you know, on couches. I love with it. Yeah. Different type of light filtering in the window or whatever it may be. I'm, so. I'm picturing you as this, you know, beautiful odalisque in every room, like, every, you know. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. I don't think that's what I'll actually look like if you want to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you <laughs> might. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll have to have my husband take some photos, but. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. just, you know, really thinking about how you do live your life and what you do value and what your favorite little moments are throughout the day. Um, yeah. And then try yeah. to include that in home, so. Yeah, I think those moments are really key. They hold the key to identity and meaning. And and again, that kind of place in your heart that's really special. And I think if you can zero in on that, that kernel and core, um, then you can get back to, if you can link that back to the, the really good design training that you get and let that then be the party. Let mm. that, you know, I need, I need rest in every room. That's a that is the kind of thing that can create a great design directive. Um, and so, and so if you, if you have that, you've got everything. And if you don't have that, you have space planning and construction, yep. <laughs> you know, no, that's true. you don't have design, you, you have something else. And it's, and it, I like to think that, you know, we're shepherding our, our clients money well enough to, to give them real design. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to give them the goods. <laughs> yeah. Have so. you, have you ever designed a house for yourself and gone through this oh. process with you as the oh. client? <laughs> That's a really, really great question. I haven't. And, um, it's funny because I have a friend who's a writer, uh, and he asked me the other day, what, what kind of house would you live in? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I think, you know, one one that would meet that emotional reality for me, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I, I will be honest, and this is going to sound a little like deflection, but I haven't had a lot of time to think about my own emotional reality lately. Mm-hmm. This has been an extremely busy year. I don't know if you've noticed. but I have noticed. Yeah, last couple of years have been very, very oh, busy. Very busy, right? There's just a lot of construction going on. Um, a lot of it in residential. I think it is the fastest growing segment of architectural design at this point. Mm. Um, it's it's one of the big ones. And along with that, I know that the uh, the American in- Institute of Architects sort of wrote this like little brief where they were like, we understand that a lot of you are getting back into residential, <laughs> you know, and it was really okay. kind of cute because it, it was like, it was both acknowledging that there was that need and that market out there. And at the same time, I felt like the way they wrote it was like just sort of making the same mistakes again. They were like, make sure you're really analytical. Make sure you really do your contracts well. Because everybody's afraid of residential because it can get so, so emotional and so, so um, tense. Right. You know? And so I was like, oh, shucks. I wish... I wish they could come at it in a, you know, a little more like a friend to friend kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know? I have heard people talk about how they are a little bit more wary of uh, the personal relationships that happen and couldn't go wrong and get, have issues with that. But I have my own personal experience has been more that um, it has been more of a 
let's say a friendly experience, I feel like, I mean, sometimes it's been a little tense and we've worked out problems and things, but I feel like I'm not, it hasn't been an adversarial sort of situation for me, which is, which is nice for the most part, you know, and however mm-hmm. many hundreds of projects, <laughs> I may be blocking them out. So in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, we just, uh, you know, make a plan and then we just execute the plan and avoid the pitfalls along the way and that sort of thing. So that's probably not exactly reality, but I think of it as being a little more like I'm a friendly, you know, I'm a friendly guide and let's go. Yeah. Let's go do this. I've done this yeah. before. You may not have done this before, and I can help right. you. Basically, that's Is right. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what yeah. it comes down I, to. I also think that um, you know, I don't know how to say this, but I, I'm hearing in your voice like the good mom. You know, like you're you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like I've got this. It's going to be all right. In the same way that we do with you know children who are going through transition or anyone we know whom we care about who's going through a big transition. Part of it is just sitting with them and then waiting for the right moment to say, hey, here's what I hear. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're ready to take that next step, I'm ready to take it with you. And I will say this. There are a lot of clients who really need you to wait until they're ready. I've had yeah. projects that had to go on hold for a couple of months because they just needed to, needed to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then, OK, now we're good. It took us some time to adjust. Now we're good. And I think the one of the things that can happen for an architecture firm is if you're on a schedule and you've got deliverables and you've got dates you need to bring checks in, you know, you're going to feel like that client is being difficult when they're not. They're not. They're just in a different process, you yeah. know, and, and they need some time. I also think that um, sort of similarly, you know, homeowners need to understand that that architectural designers, especially in residential, are keeping an emotional reality and the reality of physics and the reality of code and site design and the realities of actual, you know, good design and flow and, you know, where the sun is and all these, I mean, work and materials and methods. We're mm-hmm. keeping six or seven of these things, you know, all in orbit together. Um, and so, you know, they're just, I, I don't know. I try to practice in a way that is, uh, direct and clear about those things, but is gentle um, and says, yep, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold these things for you. And all you have to do is kind of show up with what your real needs and desires are. Mm. Um, yeah. How do you feel like architects generally look at residential clients? I mean, you, you are so relaxed and clearly it's something you really love. Um, do you think that makes you rare or do you think that's, common among yeah I don't know I don't think it I've gotten to know a lot of architects better over the last couple years before this whole zoom connection thing was you know before the lockdown made it necessary for us to communicate over zoom to see anybody before that (laughs) I didn't get out that much and when I did I didn't I mean I'm married to an architect and I have friends who are architects but beyond them in a working situation I wasn't that familiar with architects Mm -hmm. and um Yeah, I feel like, obviously, there are people who are very different from each other, but there are a lot of people who really care about the the client and the client experience. I have been called a little woo-woo by some people, (laughs) but... Oh, that's I'll okay. See your, I'll see your woo woo and raise it a tarot card or two. <laughs> well, 
I mean, for example, I really feel like the spaces or the energy in a house is important yeah. and maybe yeah. honoring the past energy. And if there's any bad energy, I have been known to use sage, you know, so that's mm-hmm. a little like, are you kidding? <laughs> and so some people, some architects are like, oh, I can't even take you seriously. Whereas others are like, oh, you should totally make that your brand. Like that's part of your brand is dealing with the spirit of the house and trying to open up the house or... You know, I do believe that there's like our spaces really affect us personally and our mm-hmm. our own spirits and things. So yeah, yeah. anyway, but um, so some are a lot more analytical for sure. Yeah, and yeah. but a lot of the ones, a lot of my friends are more into the um, kind of the exper- experiential, maybe the more spiritual aspects of residential design. Yeah. And yeah. nature and nature. I mean, nature is a big nature part is an of easy. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big one. That's the one where it's sort of easy, easy to talk about. Well, I'm just going to point out the fact that this is the I think to this day, 100 episodes later, only podcast about residential architecture. It's like the only one you can look out there. And this is a huge bajillion dollar market. Mm. <laughs> it is a growing segment of the design field. It is hands down one of the industries that grew the most during COVID during the last couple of years. And I think you're it. Mm. Well, there are and a couple think, others who are similar. I mean, they're a couple. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe two. I'd say maybe two. Maybe two or three. Maybe two. Yeah. Which, which to me is outrageous. That says to me that there's a community of designers who are not ready yet to just talk about this Mm. and talk to you know what I mean and and there's and here's what happens when designers don't show up in that space we leave it to other people because homeowners need information and they need perspective and they need they need knowledge and they need process and they are going to go to somebody for it and they go to their builders and their builders as fabulous as they can be are not trained the way we are and so and so we get this weird sort of situation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I, you're nodding your head. <laughs> well, yeah, they're just not trained in the same way. And I don't know what, there's no magic to it. There's no magic to it, except for there is some magic to it somehow. That's clear as mud, honestly. What am I even, <laughs> no, what am I I really even like, talking about? I really like that phrase. There's no magic to it. And yet, and yet there's some magic to it. I, I think there's training. I think that, I think that we, we do have this really fantastic training in universal design principles, how they fit together. Um, certainly the, the process of analysis, it, just simple site analysis, um, just having that, having that system and that process and, and having something that you can rely on. It's like, uh, boy, what, what's a good comparison? Meditation, maybe, you know, hmm. again, you don't, you don't really have to believe in it. The The fact of the matter is if you're consistent and you show up, it works. Um, and so I guess what I would say is that design process has some similarities there in that, you know, we're trained in a, in a way of working um, that builders are not, um, that, that in fact, builders are so good at getting things done. They actually can't do this other thing. Mm. It's, it's, it's antithetical. And so, we're the ones who can make space for, no pun intended, make space for all of these thoughts and imaginings that can then be refined and honed and distilled into something that is kind of a little bit of everyday magic. Mm. And I think that when we 
when we lose sight of how powerful and important that is, we do everyone a disservice. And when we find those moments, it really sings. It's really, you know, it's really thrilling. And now a word from our sponsor. Systems and standard operating procedures. You already know that's how to build a profitable business and find the freedom you want. You need systems and procedures. But you struggle with choosing which systems you need most and how to implement those systems quickly so you can get back to doing what you love most. The Designing Your Business Masterclass series was created by acclaimed architect and business consultant Douglas Teeger, FAIA, to help fellow architects and engineers run their firms more profitably while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Douglas grew from a solo practitioner to become managing partner of his 30-plus person firm and then later sold his firm so he can do what he does today, helping architects be more successful at Teeger Consulting. On the third Wednesday of every month, Douglas dives deep into an essential topic that will strengthen the profitability of your firm and make it sustainable for growth in the years to come. Register now for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass with Douglas Teeger at bqe.com masterclass and start implementing powerful systems for the profitability you need and the freedom you want. Every live masterclass session includes AIA continuing education credit. And when you visit bqe.com masterclass, you'll have access to the full library of past sessions on demand. The Designing Your Business Masterclass is free and is brought to you by our friends at BQE, the makers of BQE Core, the software that makes it easy to manage your projects and people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Register now for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass at bqe.com masterclass. That's bqe.com masterclass. Now back to our conversation. I had a, a moment with a um, family earlier this year when they... Um, we're talking about adjacencies between spaces, mm-hmm. which is something we think about a lot. Um, and, you know, everybody's uh, the, the trend is towards um, open concept. You know, we want everything to be open to everything else. And um, I loved this gentleman because he was so clear. He said, nope. I just want to be able to wave from the other room. I don't want to be in the same space. (laughs) I want to, but I want to be able to wave (laughs) and maybe not even hear them. Maybe even that far apart. And I, and it was funny because I was thinking about my own, um, my dad's family would all get to their summer place and everybody would find a different hammock or dock or whatever. You'd feel you'd find 13 people all with a book reading independently alone Mm -hmm. together and he wanted alone together that's a huge thing to know about somebody if you're designing in their home and in their Mm -hmm. space and and so he kept on saying to other designers i want i want more openness and they kept on doing this open concept thing and he would say no 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 not that and and when he was finally able to say i want this relationship to the other people i love then we could do it you know it wasn't yeah it was Widths of doorways. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. It was orientation and alignment, but you know, mm. um, but getting those adjacencies right based on an emotional reality, hmm. um, which you I have to kind of wait to have it come out. You know, listen yeah. long enough that that it comes to that. Um, what did you call it before? The human truth. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah. That that really sort of you know. This, here's where I am. <laughs> That's where I am. Um, you, you have to listen. I think there is a, a method. I, I can tell you what I do. Um, I, um, I ask people to um, tell me sort of I, I, unexpected 
things about them. I've, I've gone to parties at people's houses. They say, oh, we want to entertain in this space. I'm like, great. You're inviting me to Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, like just, I mean, not quite that bad, but, but <laughs> you have to get in. If they say they want to entertain, you have to know something about how they entertain. Sure. And to do that, it's really easy. Just go to a party. Just be the unexpected guest, you know, or, you know, ask them first. But but it's 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 not rocket science, but you do have to get in there and say, I would love to serve you. And if I'm going to serve you well, you have to share the information with me that I need. Um, You know, really tell me tell me what's going on Um, when when this is particularly true with with couples. I'm sure you've worked with couples before. Um, and that's (laughs) most of the time, most of the time there's a couple of some type. Yeah. In the project. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's all different types of couples, but yeah, it's usually more than one person who is involved with the spaces and they're not always in alignment with what they love or enjoy about their space or what they want. And also it's all tied into Financial issues a lot of the time, too, and maybe fear of spending too much money or not valuing what the other person wants enough to be willing to spend money on it. And then there's some in friction. You know, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons architects get a little bit scared to work with couples, you know, and and to do residential at all. You know, it's it's easier to do an office. <laughs> There's one sort of one stakeholder or maybe a few. Um, yeah. but <clears throat> with couples, I think one of the things, um, that, that I sort of offer up up front is, you know, allow, allow your design process to be a moment where you learn new things about each other and about yourselves. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is a discovery like any other. And, um, you know, I think there just has to be uh, some openness there. And if you can, if you can make room for that, if you can really make some room and say, um, oh, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and let it sit and not have to solve it. You know, homeowners get very quick to solve things in, you know, in, in that way that I was saying before, you know, they tell you what they want you to draw. <laughs> um, if you can say, you know, it's okay to have a disagreement. I, I'm here to solve that with design. That That's what I can do for you. But if I don't know what the actual disagreement is, then I can't help you. So let's find it. Let's figure it out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that getting, getting real about, you know what, I have always just needed more places to nap <laughs> you know to your point and and you know maybe somebody else says yep that's great except i need some place to play the drums and make noise <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like great oh, okay we need a soundproof wall awesome got it you know like there will always be a design solution that can help mm-hmm. or a number of different strategies but if you don't know the problem you're solving then you can't, you can't do it. Right. So, so I think getting in, getting in there and really digging in and saying, I'm, I'm asking you to be real with me. I mean, and this is another piece of design for real people. I'm asking you to be real with me so that I can actually do my job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so I can employ the many strategies. Um, Cause you're always going to know more. You're going to have more in your back pocket in terms of tactics and strategies for solving that problem that's true um, yeah 
But if they can just be sort of a little tender and sort of say, yeah, we have this thing. He really likes to play the drums and she really needs to nap. You know, <laughs> we don't know what to do. You know? Yeah. No, it is. It is really helpful when people are real about everything from, you know, how they really want to live to how much money they really have to spend to any any. You know, just that, that, that's about building up trust, I think, between between all of us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, and I, I think that's huge. Um, you know, when I work with homeowners, I try to um, get them to bring in a builder early. I, I really feel like that's a critical piece of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think you're going to if it's on a scale where you think you're going to use an interior designer, bring them in early. Um, yeah, I agree. And that that yeah that way you get this um that way you get a team and and you can build up that trust you know with with bringing in a builder early one of the things i really like about that is that you get that shoot from the hip estimate early you get a revised sort of scope of work estimate you know somewhere along the line and then by the time you're actually creating a contract with that builder based on a hard estimate you already know you you already kind of know what to expect and you've had a chance to build trust so when they say yeah we really want to put in that huge palladian window for you it was crazy it's going to cost you $50,000 you know or whatever it is it's like they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of cuz they've already heard from this person all the way along and i think i think that helps i think it helps a lot it also helps because at the moments at which the architect or designer could be saying, yeah, this is how you do this foundation detail. If that builder has a different way they like to do it. I have a builder right now who wants to do with it, do a shelf and do some different things. And, you know, I just said, yeah, you, you tell me what, what would, how do you want to build this? You know? Mm-hmm. And because we've been in touch all along, he was like, oh yeah, I have this thing I like to do. I was like, great. That's, that's solid. I'll detail that, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and so that builds that, that respect, that mutual yeah. respect. Oh, I couldn't agree more about that. I mean, I feel like I'm not going to make, draw a detail, like a foundation detail and make them do it my way because I'm not, I don't care. And if it works yeah. and that's your preferred way of doing it, like, yeah, yeah let's do it that way. Yeah. So I think that's where we didn't talk about the contractor architect relationship, but that, I don't know what the solution is, but building the trust or maybe having like a retreat somehow I don't know what it would be (laughs) that seems unrealistic but um you know just just a two-way the reason I want to work with contractors is because I want to work with someone who I can trust to come to me if there's an issue or say hey I'm not afraid you know not be afraid to say hey what if we did it this way instead like think I'm going to take offense or something which I wouldn't but so we get to know each other and um you know we are a team and feel comfortable working with each other and that's like that yeah it's it's really really critical and I like I like the way you say it you know like let's let's just be a team let's talk about this I've got a builder I'm working with right now um, who specializes in historic work we're working on a beautiful Greek revival together and all along I've really been um, we've both been careful to talk about not just moments where we could have been in conflict and kind of solve them but also to kind of back up and say Hmm. Could we share this with other people? Because we we we've been doing pretty well. <laughs> we've been really doing well. And um and the the really cool thing about it is I already know I have had fewer redraws 
you know, fewer hours because of that close relationship, because mm-hmm. I know I can get them on the phone and we have this really collegial, really trusting relationship. I know the client has benefited like directly. So that's that's actually been fantastic. Um, yeah, I think they're so surprised that they have a nice architect to deal with, which is just yeah. so sad to me. It's like, oh, I know, I know. Yeah. It, but, well, yeah, it's 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 kind of an issue with the, av- the adversary positions that sometimes maybe more than sometimes come up between the contractors and the architects. Yeah. And maybe we both want to be in charge and be the mm-hmm. final word on things. I'm not sure. But I I just want in the end, I want my client to be served uh, yeah. as well as possible and that we can resolve issues as they come up. I It doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't even have to be my idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be my idea, but then if they think it's their idea, I don't say, well, that was my idea. Right, right, right. No, you get <laughs> like, it. Like, great, um, good. It's working. That's great. Yeah, it's working. Exactly. <laughs> well, but if you think about it, uh, Catherine, we've got in residential architecture today in the U.S., we have a business model that was generated in the 18, best case scenario, 1880s, maybe. Mm, yeah. And it is, I believe, not serving us anymore. And part of that business model had to do with architects signing off on every check for the builder and making sure it was done correctly. And Mm -hmm. our drawings being the only instrument of service and the only instrument of contract between the owner and the end built result. I don't think that's a legal environment we even exist in anymore, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I know on small projects, it's inefficient. And it tees it up perfectly so that we're all going to be at each other's throats. And I don't like it. (laughs) And so I think that one of the things that, again, I've tried very hard to do is to create a team collaborative approach at the very get-go, ask builders to work open book where possible, because that creates trust, and ask homeowners to be very direct and clear about their emotional uh realities and their desires because that's the only way i can i can show up for them and be a good designer um and if you have those three things you know you've got you've got at least a path forward that lets you kind of work around this business model from the 1880s that just really i think doesn't apply in the modern world Mm. you know well 1880s it's only been 140 years so maybe (laughs) Maybe we need a few more trying it out to be sure. Just to be sure. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I I always wonder if having women, um, it's a fairly recent thing that women are running their own firms and things, maybe doing different, doing business a little bit differently than men. I don't know. I just wonder if that's, that's, we're more willing to say, hey, this isn't really, this isn't really working. Why don't we try a different Uh, approach you know maybe that's it you know it is the reason that I started really honing this design for real people you know different approach um that heart-centered approach came from a moment where I said to myself oh my gosh if I have to practice architecture for the next 30 years or 20 years as somebody who's completely uh analytical I'm going to lose myself and I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be good for me. I'm not going to be good for my family. And I'm, I'm probably not even going to be as good a designer as I could be. Let me think about how I can show up as a woman 
as an intuitive centered woman in this space. Mm. And um, you're right. You're absolutely right. That was the genesis of some of this, some of the thinking. Thank God it worked. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it could have really gone sideways, but it didn't. Um, and and now that I've had a chance to kind of test it over 10, 10 years, now I'm really excited to say, yeah, guess what? This this really works. It really works. Let your let your clients cry. Let them grieve and mourn for the the fantasy house that they can't have so that they can really enjoy the house that they can have. Let mm. them process uh, the place where the money came from. I had someone the other day who was really grieving. They want this place. They're building new, but it, but it was an inheritance. They just needed to f- take some time to make translation between this death and this new new life in a new space. Right? Mm. That's okay. Just let, let them be. Um, and then, then I was able to say, you know what? I think there are some ways this is an Indian family who was already asking for an in-home shrine, which is very customary. Um, I said, you know what? I think there are some ways we can rework that shrine. So it really is about that memory. And they were Mm. delighted. If we can just go just a little deeper, (laughs) just a little bit, um, Mm. you know, then and then let let people really show up with their real feelings. I think then we can do these things with design that are a little bit magic. (laughs) I could talk to you for a long time about this subject but you know generally I try to keep it to <laughs> about this time so okay if people wanted to learn more about you and um, maybe your heart-centered design and everything do you have any way for people to follow along with what oh, you're doing that's really sweet you know the best place um is to find me through Instagram um, I have a website you're welcome to you know have your folks uh, sign up for consultations through that um, I uh, because I really like to keep it about about the client and not about individual projects. I don't put for portfolio pictures on either, but they're definitely available upon request. Um, I, uh, I use Instagram as a sort of a microblog of kind of thoughts about sort of design related things. Um, but that's a great place to message me. You can find me on Facebook. What's your the, handle or whatever they call it? Well, how, what's your very, name on there? Yeah, so it's really simple. It's at Lee Noel Chase. The thing is, when you have a really unique name, you just get to use it for everything. So, Lucky. Yeah, if you if you Google Lee Noel Chase, L E E N O E L C H A S E, you'll you'll find me one way or another. Yeah, um, perfect. But but um, but yeah, and and Catherine, I just I want to say again, I think what you are doing for homeowners with this podcast is unique and amazing, and I just hope oh. that you get you know, lots and lots and lots of people listening to it. Uh-huh. Those were, those <laughs> well, thanks. Were... <laughs> Congratulations on your hundredth. Oh, that is very kind of you. Thank you. And thanks for coming on. It was lovely <laughs> talking to you. And I hope we have only met each other virtually and we only live down the street right now from each other. So maybe, you know. maybe in the next few months, maybe we can even, I don't know, have some tea. Definitely time Something. for coffee. Let's go yeah. see a building we both love. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'll be fun. It's good. It's almost that time of year to go into Boston and um, oh, wander yeah. around. So, yeah. How about the North End? I feel like going to, I haven't been to the North End in a while. I would love it. Thank you to BQE, the makers of BQE Core, for their support of this podcast episode. Visit bqe.com slash masterclass to register for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass. Thanks for listening. 
I hope you subscribe to this podcast. If you don't, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And if you have time to write a review, that would be so helpful. Please contact me for any reason at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. I love to hear from people. You could also join my Facebook group, which is Talking Home Renovations Together. And I'm on there with a bunch of people who have also been on the show, have been guests on the show, and other architects and homeowners and contractors. And so we can just talk about whatever issues people might have right there in the Facebook group. If you're on Clubhouse, come join me 10 a.m. Eastern, Saturday mornings. There is so much information on my website, which is TalkingHomeRenovations.com. Head over there for transcripts, episode enhancements, other information. You want to be a guest? That's where you'll find that information in the application. This podcast is a member of Gable Media, which is the largest AEC network on the planet. Check out the other content on the network at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. This podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care.